wives as me, far as I be knowin'. Haven't time to slack around in comfort all the year. So when we get a little time before our boat gets going, we head on down to the library, and this is what we hear. Come on and look all around, there's plenty for to see. Make your own self right upon my love, the library. Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. I'm Kari Peterson, and today I'm talking with Isaiah Bowen Carlin about his experience with the Outer Coast School in Sitka. Welcome, Isaiah. Hi, Kari. Hi. So maybe we'll start here for people who don't know you. What brings you to Petersburg? Yes. Well, um, I am the grandson of Paul Bowen and my mom grew up here. And um, because of that, I have been spending my summers here. And so I was so excited to get to talk to you because I've been researching a little bit about um, micro colleges. There's not very many in the United States and there's two in Alaska. And, um, and one is the Outer Coast School in Sitka. Is it on the campus of the old Sheldon Jackson where the Sitka Fine Arts Camp is? Yeah. Yeah, that is where it is. Okay. Um, so you use those buildings then? Yeah. Yeah, we are. We were very lucky to be able to. Uh, they have a great campus over there. Yeah, it's beautiful. 
So you told me that you have attended Outer Coast Summer Seminar and Outer Coast Year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I attended the Outer Coast Summer Seminar in 2019. And um, I attended the first Outer Coast Year, which is a gap year program. Um, yeah, this fall and spring. So I started August 2020 and just finished in May 2021. And so what's the difference between those programs like what is this how long is the summer seminar yeah um from what i understand uh, the summer seminar this year for 2021 is a four week long program when i did it it was a five week long program um and the yeah the year is a sort of it's about eight months um but it's split into two four month semesters um and yeah i think it might be good to give some context on Outer Coast as a whole um, before I try and explain the differences between these two different programs that they're running. And yeah, so Outer Coast is this aspiring uh, college in Sitka, Alaska. And it's, um, yeah, from what I understand, it comes out of um, a lot of uncertainty and discontentment with the current state of higher education in the United States. And um, I think it has this aim of really trying to put power back into students' hands and what they want to learn and how they want to do it and um, really focuses on community building and uh, sort of avoiding this feeling that colleges are these huge multi-conglomerate you know, sort of organizations that um, kind of just bring kids in and spit them out on the other end. Um, and yeah, uh, Outer Coast is based on three different pillars. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about them later, but um, they are self-governance, academics, and then the service slash labor pillar. Yeah, what that means is um, obviously there's an academic pillar where that's what we're there for. We take classes, we uh, do that sort of thing. And then there is also the uh, service slash labor pillar and the service pillars, you know, where we focus on community service work around Nitsika. Um, and community involvement and that type of thing. Um, and then there's also sort of the labor side of it, which is uh, in the year we were in charge of sort of feeding ourselves. There was a, you know, industrial kitchen that we could use and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, we were in charge of, you know, making sure we had breakfast, lunch, dinner, that sort of thing. Um, and that all labor also includes cleaning and any sort of like restoration or campus work might also fit into that labor pillar. Um, and then lastly, there's also the self-governance pillar, um, which comes out of this feeling that, you know, students should be, uh, empowered to make decisions about, you know, the way that they're living and how they're learning and that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, often that includes making decisions on what we want to spend a student budget on. Um, it, you know, we're asked to figure out how, we want the schedule to work out and that sort of thing. Um, yes, which can be equally wonderful and empowering as it is also a source of frustration, which I think is partially also the point. Self-governance pillar is really about uh, trying to empower students in uh, sort of the education that they're having and in the schedule that their lives are being sort of lived under. And yeah, that self-governance can really go anywhere. Um, from a whole different variety of uh, different resources that the staff provide and 
different ideas that students have. Um, and yeah, it has always been this very nebulous thing that uh, we're trying to figure out. But at the same time, we've been able to, you know, create some really, really interesting projects coming out of the self-governance pillar. Um, and I think we've also raised some very interesting questions on what it means to be a self-governing student body um, in terms of academics and in terms of, you know, service work and labor and that sort of thing, um, which, yeah, I believe that's a pretty big break from sort of a traditional college experience. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. And the reason um, I remember hearing about the Outer Coast School on the radio when they first started Jonathan Christ Tompkins was talking about it. And um, I, it really piqued my interest and I was really curious about it at that time. But then I recently watched a documentary we have here at the library called The Ivory Tower. And it takes a look at, have you seen this movie? I haven't. It's about, um, it's about the issues facing students today with a traditional college education and what are the other options that are out there. And um, that's when I really started to look into the micro colleges because I was really intrigued by the self-governance and um, the service work in, involved in them. And uh, along with the academics. So I guess you kind of have, but can you tell us about the school and how it differs from traditional college? So I'm sure there's more differences than just the pillars in the self-governance and the service work. Yeah, like I said, um, there are some pretty big breaks sort of, you know, when you normally go to college, you're there for solely academics and that sort of thing at, at our coast. Um, it really strives to sort of build the student body that is capable and uh, sort of interested in exploring other aspects of life that are, you know, that are out there sort of beyond just academics. And that includes, you know, community building and like cooking for each other um, in the labor pillar. It includes, um, you know, being involved with the Sikkim community and not just being like this insular community um, that doesn't have anything to do with the place around it. Um, and that is really what I think the service pillar is trying to address. And then the self-governance pillar um, is, yeah, trying to, you know, put power back into students' hands and um, really give them like a leading seat in the roles of where this college could go. And yeah, I think in those ways that this is a sort of educational experience that is trying to be different from traditional college ones. Um, I think on top of that, um, yeah, well, there's sort of a big culture around like being in the outdoors and uh, learning about the place and also um, trying to sort of learn about the land that we're on and the history of the Sheldon Jackson campus and um, that sort of thing. And yeah, so I would say those are some of the major ways that Outer Coast felt different from what I expect a traditional college experience to be. So you attended, you attended the summer seminar and then you attended just this past year, the full year. Mm -hmm. So how many students are um, in your class last year? Yeah. Um, well, in the first semester of the Outer Coast year, there were 14 of us. In the second, there were 17. Um, and in the Outer Coast summer seminar in 2019, there were about 23 of us. Um, so, so yeah, very, very small groups, um, which, 
yeah, you know, they're trying to figure it out, trying to figure out like if the same model could apply to a larger student body. Um, these are all questions that are still sort of in flux. Yeah. So how many different instructors did you have? Yeah. During the outer year, we had four different instructors um, with a variety of different sort of course, you know, catalogs and course syllabuses, syllabi. Um, and first semester we had a um, philosophy course on humans and other animals um, and, uh, you know, really what it meant to really like exploring like this difference between or like these perceived differences between what it means to be human and what it means to be an animal. Um, and then we also took this creative writing course. Um, and yeah, in the second semester, we had a liberalism and minority rights course, which is a political philosophy uh, course. And then the second course um, was also a philosopher. The second course of the second semester was also a philosophy course called Bodies and Boundaries, um, which touched on like, where are the lines between our bodies and uh, others and where are the lines between uh, what it means to be like, you know, a country with borders and what it means to like have those borders in flux. And in essence, it was also a literature class um, as part of that too. So those are the courses that we had. And then additionally, besides those, um, we had two sort of other, not quite classes, but they were, I would call them classes. Um, one of them was an indigenous studies course. Um, where we learned about in, indigenous peoples that uh, all around Alaska and particularly with a focus on those in Sitka. Um, and then uh, additionally, we also had an anti-racism dialogue series where we would get together every, I think, like Friday mornings and uh, have a dialogue series uh, led by sort of people that was really, really interesting. Um, and yeah, now I'm just recalling maybe something I want something I wanted to say about how Outer Coast would different from would be different from a traditional college experience. And I think that that would be is Outer Coast is trying to uh, find like cross-sectionality uh, between these different courses. So um, yeah, there's kind of a focus on trying to figure out, oh, like where can we find these um, connections between this class that we're taking maybe on liberalism and minority rights and what we're learning about, about, um, Alaska state politics and uh, Alaskan indigenous rights and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think that is, yeah, something that is also being worked on. Yes. And, and I guess my thought in that is then to incorporate that in your self-governance and then carry that on out into the community mm -hmm. into the way that you interact mm -hmm. and because democracy is self-governance and supposed to be. Supposed to be, yes. So can you tell me about the volunteer work um, aspect of the school and what you did for that time for you personally? Does everybody get to choose different projects or? Yeah, so the service aspect of the pillars um, could really took a lot of different forms depending on what you wanted to do during the sort of first Outer Coast summer seminar, which was my first experience with the program. A lot of the work was sort of group-based, like we as sort of a 23-member student body would go out and we would, you know, maybe do some trail building or like, for example, like paint some fish ponds for the Sika Sound Science Center or 
um, we would uh, go help out, do some work at the Raptor Center in Sitka. Uh, so that was how service was. That was how like my first experience with Outer Coast service pillar was. Um, and during the year, it was a lot was sort of changing, partly because I was there. Uh, it was occurring during COVID. So a lot of students were working online and trying to you know, remain COVID safe while also being able to like interact with the second community. And part of that meant that like some students were perhaps doing a little bit less because it's hard to, you know, build the trail or, uh, you know, work in volunteer in an office, um, while also, you know, trying to limit the spread. Yeah. I was lucky enough during the Atticos year to, yeah, to volunteer at the Sika Sound Science Hatchery, which was something that I could do sort of mostly outside and masked and everything. And that worked out really, really great. And, uh, I think I had this opportunity to work at this science center and I took them up on it. Um, because it sounded like a wonderful way, one, to, you know, meet people in the community. And also I learned a lot about fish politics and also what it meant, you know, too sick to have a hatchery there. And uh, that hatchery was responsible for releasing, I think, like 3 million chum and pink salmon. And that was really, really incredible to like see that process and to be there from the full sort of egg take collection to the release. Yeah. So I helped out there quite a bit. Um, I also did like some maintenance work and that kind of thing. And yeah, I got, I think I gained like a lot of skills and I made a lot of connections and I, yeah, really felt like really involved with this Sika Sound Science Center community. Um, and that felt like hugely rewarding for me. And so I think like that was, that was what I did for my volunteer work. Also, additionally, like we did do some sort of group service work um, during the Outer Coast year that we did some trail building, that kind of thing. Um, the real focus during the Outer Coast year and also what I expect uh, future Outer Coast programs to work towards is really to be striving for relationship-based service where, you know, you really are meeting someone in the community, you're creating a relationship with them, you're seeing maybe what the second community might need or, uh, yeah, trying to figure out really like where you could be helpful the most. And yeah, so I think that is a change between the summer seminar and the year, at least in my experience. Okay. If you are just joining us, this is Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. I'm Kari Peterson, and today we're talking with Isaiah Bowen Carlin about the Outer Coast School in Sitka, Alaska. So I, there's two questions, extra questions I have to ask, because um, when I was researching this, my son, it really piqued his interest because it said you, you choose your instructors. Is that part of the self-governance? Yeah. You choose the classes. Yeah. Um, we, it's sort of a little bit of both. And um, during the year I was a part of uh, this committee called the curriculum committee. And basically it was a group of maybe two or three staff and, like six students who were interested, who um, did all the interviews with all the, you know, potential instructors for um, the next year and the next summer seminar. Um, and so I was a part of the, that process where I got to read all these applications instructors sent in. Um, and, you know, we 
got, we had a ton of these interviews with all of them. And then we got together, the students and staff, and we're like, oh, well, we think this person should come. Oh, well, this person should come. And then we all voted on who we thought should, would be the best instructor, sort of pedagogically and curricula-wise for the Atticoast year and for the next Atticoast summer seminar. So, yes, in that sense, um, we do sort of get a chance to pick our pick future cohorts instructor instructors and that sort of thing by the time we hired them yeah we they didn't quite have like a one designated syllabi laid out yet um there were kind of like a few that they were thinking of and um sort of since then on sort of a one-by-one basis with these six instructors that i think five yeah five instructors that we hired for both the summer seminar and the year yeah trying to like develop a curricula or develop curricula that might work best with future Atticoast cohorts. Yeah. So in that sense, it's a little bit of like legacy. So we, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pass that on to the next year and that sort of thing. Well, thank you for explaining that because that was really piqued my son's interest and he was, he had questions about that. So he will, he will love to hear that. I actually, I'm old enough to have gone to some actual classes at Sheldon Jackson. Wow. <laughs> and, um, one of the things that I love is to see how it's being maintained and kept up. And that's in large part, the staff in the outer coast program. I think it was very incredible for me to like, see the amount of like love that people had for this campus and the connections that they had to, and the dedication they had to, you know, really keeping it alive and going and a big part of the second community. Yeah, that was, I really enjoyed seeing that when I was over there too. So what do you hope to do now that you're done with the Outer Coast? Yeah. Um, well, I hope to go to university. Um, I'm uh, going to be attending the um, uh, University of St. Andrews in Scotland. And um, so, yeah, that is kind of my plan coming out of this. Part of the reason that I attended the Outer Coast year was because um, – sort of COVID had, you know, cut my senior year short and I really was not ready to, I think, go into an online sort of college experience. Um, and that of course here was like a wonderful sort of, you know, choice for that. And I think additionally, um, the allure of a gap year was something that like my parents didn't do. And um, I kind of like took a leap of faith and was like, I know a little bit about this uh, sort of, outer coast college that's going on maybe there could be like really something exciting happen and I think like specifically something that like I was really looking forward to when I was looking towards the outer coast year coming out of the summer seminar was well this student this self-governance um sort of pillar really like uh yeah struggled to like kick off during the summer seminar because it's five weeks and it's short and like, you know, you really spend like the first couple, like trying to get to know people and figure out how the program works. And you don't really have enough time to like get comfortable and start changing things um, and really making it like a powerful tool for the student body. And yeah, got a chance to like explore that in the Coast year, which I didn't quite have enough time to in the summer seminar. And part of that is my priorities during the summer seminar um, were more sort of community service oriented and academics oriented and I didn't put, pour as much time into the self-governance aspect. Yeah, I think speaking about uh, my experience like with these three pillars is that, yeah, especially in the outer coast year, they really felt kind of like four pillars. 
Um, and that's because, so the service and labor is grouped into one pillar. And it really felt to me that they, you know, could be very distinct ones. And they felt like very distinct ones because I was cooking in the kitchen um, to, you know, maybe like at least nine hours a week, if not more, you know, to try and feed myself and the rest of my cohort and everything. And then besides that, I was spending a few hours every day at the Sick Sound Science Center. Um, and yeah, managing all these pillars was difficult. Like, I'm not like, I don't want, I want to be upfront about that. Like it was, it was a very challenging experience to try and, you know, manage all these things that I was very interested in while at the same time, I, you know, was also just a person. And there were a lot of like expectations that I was trying to balance between, you know, both like trying to involve myself in the community through service at the science center. And then also, you know, be a good community member to the rest of my cohorts and like keep the places that I'm living clean and, you know, keep cooking and that sort of thing. Um, and in that sense, like Atticos can become a very like intense experience um, because of all these sort of things that are happening that you as students are trying to pull together. And then on top of that, there's a self-governance aspect where you're being asked, you know, pretty heavy questions like, Oh, well, you know, what should Atticos do in the future? And like, you know, how can we like sort of set a good example and like, how can we bring legacy into the future of Outer Coast and sort of these heavier hitting questions that, um, yeah, were sometimes hard to think about while also, you know, dealing with, oh, I have a kitchen shift to go to right now that I need to be there for. Um, and yeah, so I think like to anyone who's considering this, like it is, it's challenging, it's intense. Um, I would say personally, like I gained a lot um, and I came out of it like with some great cooking skills and um, also like, you know, some, I think, stronger worth ethics and that sort of thing. And also, um, yeah, I think better skills and like time management and that sort of thing. So really, you know, it's a give and take. And yeah, I think in the future to little piece of like future advice um, that I might give to myself before I went into either the summer seminar or the outer coast here was that, um, you know, you can't do everything and yeah. that, yeah, yeah, you can't do everything. And that, um, yeah, for the most part, um, there really are some, like, if you have an idea, like you can really take it somewhere and there are, and those staff will listen to you and they'll try to work with you and that sort of thing. So, yeah. So how to build what you want in the world without becoming overwhelmed and still finding the joy in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That and is a big part of it. Life of taking care of yourself and the people around you. Yeah. And um, I think I learned like a lot of lessons sort of around like trying to balance sort of my personal desires and, you know, the needs of the community around me and the sort of larger communal desires of like things that we wanted to do. Um, and I think particularly um, thinking about COVID, like if I wanted to, you know, go out to perhaps like a, maybe like a coffee house or like the store or something. Um, yeah, and like even if maybe like I would be okay with that comfort level just personally. Um, yeah, like I think out of coast, it really forced me to think about, wow, like you really are sharing this space with other people and, you know, your life is really not just your own and it's not completely individual and what you do, you know, inextricably affects what other people are doing and that sort of thing. So, yeah, you know, what you do matters. What you do matters. Yeah. Yeah. One aspect of the program that 
I really valued and I think contributed a lot to the community building experience was Outer Coast's focus on storytelling. And um, I think that might be another way that Outer Coast does differ from a traditional college in that there are these structured storytelling times where, um, yeah, we as a student body and we as sort of the larger community of Outer Coast get together and tell stories about where we're from and, um, yeah, whatever, what, our, what our experiences have been like and uh, that sort of thing. And during those moments, I really gained a lot um, from sort of trying to figure out how to weave my life into a story and how to explain myself and how to um, express it in a way that is eloquent and understandable and, um, yeah, I think just interesting. Uh, and I think also like hearing that from other people, like really rooted this deep appreciation for the backgrounds that other people are from and, um, yeah. And how they bring those sort of different ideas into their everyday lives. And I start to see, you know, where people are coming from. And that was a really, I think, valued and treasured experience for me. Um, and something that I hope to carry with myself when I do, when I do go to college and sort of later on in life is a focus on that kind of storytelling and, you know, the power that it can really, really have in bringing people together. And additionally, I've found so much value in storytelling, particularly in the context of our um, Indigenous Studies course and that kind of thing where, you know, we learned about sort of, okay, yeah, um, we learned about oral histories and uh, the types of stories that were told um, way back when and that kind of thing and also about creation stories. And we had this really, really cool exercise where we tried to tell our own creation stories um, and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I think that's one thing I'd like to touch on. Well, I guess being working at the library, I think stories, people's stories are incredibly important. And, um, just as you're talking to and what's going on in the world today and it's people's experience is so important and listening to other people's stories and coming to that understanding of why perspectives are different mm -hmm. because yeah. experiences are different. Yeah. And, you know, I think that like, there were definitely like certain moments where I would be so frustrated with one of my cohort members because I was like, Oh, like, you know, we've been working in the kitchen for a long time and I still have to like, feel like I'm pulling your weight and that kind of thing. But then at the same time, like, I can like really, really deeply respect like this person that maybe I don't work so well with, but like they can, they could tell like an incredible story or, you know, they were like really academically sort of talented and that kind of thing. And I think that it, I think particularly storytelling contributed to sort of this more intimate and deeper understanding of the people that I was living, eating, working, playing, cooking with. Um, Do you find that it gave you more patience for people? Patience? Patience is a hard thing to measure. Um, and I don't know. I think, um, I, th I think, I think maybe, I think um, time will tell. Uh, maybe if I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I would say personally for me, I feel like I, I feel like, yeah, I think I did gain a little more patience. I think I, I think what I really, really learned was 
to communicate in ways that like weren't destructive, that were very constructive, that, you know, if like someone is doing something wrong, not to like, you know, get frustrated or get mad or um, that kind of thing, but to say, you know, to like really like bring people in and like, you know, instead of like, this was kind of a big thing, but like, instead of calling people out, you call people in um, and you like try and like foster that sense of like a togetherness rather than, oh, you are doing something wrong and that kind of thing. Um, so I feel like in that sense, perhaps that relates to your question about whether I gained more patience, I think. You explained yeah. it very well. Well, thank you, Isaiah. It's been delightful talking to you and I wish you the best of luck at university. Thank you. And I will be excited to see what you, what you decide to do. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Kari. This has been Homegrown Conversations, a collaboration between KFSK and the Petersburg Public Library. That was Isaiah Bowen Carlin discussing his experience at the Outer Coast School in Sitka, Alaska.